Members of the Uncontrolled Airspace podcast are participating as private individuals. Their comments do not represent the views of the various organizations they work with. Anything you hear on this podcast that sounds like advice on aircraft operation is obviously very general. You should always consider your own situation, remember your training, and fly the airplane. But you knew that. With our full crew aboard and our trust in the Lord, Coming in on a wing and a prayer. Good morning. Welcome to Oshkosh. And welcome to episode number 93 of Uncontrolled Airspace, the General Aviation Podcast. We're recording this episode on Sunday morning, August 3rd, 2008. And we're coming to you on location from the flight line of EAA AirVenture Oshkosh 2008. We're here as the guests, once again, of EA Radio, who have welcomed us into into their studios and they are broadcasting this live on their radio frequencies and on the internet. And uh, we are also, once again, uh, back for a second time this week, back in one of our favorite spots on the earth. We are on the front porch of EAA Radio here out on the flight line. This is the building very closest to the airshow runway. And uh, I'm Jack Hodgson. I'm here this morning with Jeb Burnside and Dave Higdon. And uh, morning, guys. Morning. I'm not hearing Jeb out here. Say something, Jeb. Something. something, Jeb. We're still not hearing Jeb. We're not hearing. There he comes. Now he's coming. Well, while we're having technical difficulties and hoping that they don't get cured, I think it's. A, so I think it's. I think it's interesting that, that you were had the that they didn't bring up your mic both times. I think it's a hint we should take. Maybe maybe uh, they're just saving the best for last. Ah, uh, that's probably what they're doing. So who comes after you? I'm not going to take this abuse much longer. <laughs> Speaking hey, of, the beatings will continue till morale improves. That's right. Saving the best till last, uh, we are here on the final day of yes. AirVenture 2008, and uh, as usual, things have quieted down a lot since we came to you on Wednesday evening, um, but there is a, still a lot of activity going on here on the field. Uh, once again, they are departing aircraft to the south right out in front of us, so there'll be a lot of cool airplane noise in the background as we... To the south we, and the east. And to the east, that's right, but... Uh, yeah, they got nine active, they got one eight active, and really wonderful to see we've got arrivals still coming in here yeah. to spend the last day on the show uh looking at a cessna turn and final for uh one eight right now while a uh, velocity wasted apart and a cessna 195 wasted apart and uh, several more taxi up there's a twin beach down the way uh, looks like maybe aluscum um just a just a beautiful day in paradise yeah it's been beautiful all week long it really what an has. amazing week of weather we've had this year in you know, every year you know we talk on the last day of the show we talk about you know how the week went we talk about the weather uh this year in, in first year in my recent memory it has not rained rain we had um, a little bit of rain one evening um we just, had a just, dust just, settler just a just a we couple a of dust drops settler. Yep. right um but except for one day during the week uh, it never really got over 85. It wasn't really humid. There was always a breeze. 
and right now there's not a cloud in the sky it's no. just a, a wonderful day there's a good stiff breeze to keep things cooled off and uh, it's being used uh, by all these southbound airplanes. Yep. It is an airplane junkie's paradise. It right. is. That's it right. It really is. So there are a, a bit fewer uh, airplanes uh, here than yeah. there were on Wednesday, yeah. as usual. Um, once again, I, I note that there are more airplanes here on the final morning than I remember over the years. I was thinking about that on the drive through the North 40 this morning. I mean, the North 40's got some gaps in it. Well, it, sure. it did. Somehow or another, I managed to oversleep and not hit the field until 7. Oh, my goodness. Uh, felt Slacker. strange. Yes, I know. But uh, the, uh, the the North 40 campground, which is uh, like the first piece of real estate on my morning commute, it, it, it had some holes. You could see where people had left. But it was still yeah. close to two-thirds full of airplanes. A lot of airplanes On the still last morning. And weather around the region has not been a big reason to stay here. And, and, and play it safe. It's been, you know, passable almost any direction you need to go. So uh, uh, a lot of people hung in till the end. They weren't going to go away until they absolutely had to. I'm, I'm sure if a lot of them didn't have to be back at work until Tuesday, that we'd still see them on the field tomorrow morning. Yeah. I mean, I can almost imagine a situation where people have saved up their pennies and nickels and dimes and dollars to put gas in their airplanes to come here. They want to make it last as long as well, they possibly can. I, I think can. that happens each year. But I also think that uh, uh, there's no real good reason to leave right now. The uh, uh, the vendors are still here. The vendors are happy. The weather's yeah. great. Uh, what better place could you be than at Oshkosh, Wisconsin during air venture? That's right. So how's the week been? You guys had fun? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's It's been uh, uh, kind of hurry up and wait in a lot of ways. But, uh, no, how can you not have fun yeah. here? And... and, and uh, uh, not enjoy the people, not enjoy the airplanes. Yeah. Now, Jeb, your gig was a little different here this week than uh -huh. the last few years. Uh -huh. uh, did that give you a different perspective on the on the event than you've seen? I got for a out while? to see the more of the show. Yeah. Uh, in in past years, for for our listeners who uh, aren't familiar, in past years, I've worked for the uh, Air Venture Today Daily newspaper. That's why you look familiar. That's right. <laughs> Just as Dave and Jack have this year. But this year I had a little bit different gig, and uh, it allowed me to get out and see the show and, and uh, bounce around the grounds a little bit more than I than I've had the opportunity to do so in the past. Yep. Um, it, the 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 dynamic nature, the 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 mix of activities of aircraft, of people, of nationalities, uh, is always amazing to me, and even more so this week. It just reinforced. Uh, Everything to me that that Oshkosh is about. Yeah. Oh, we got a beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful old. Uh, I believe that's a Fury. I think it is. Yeah, Sea Fury. Sea Fury. That's yeah. right. Yeah. That engine sounds just marvelous. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds. It. It. it the the sound loping. to me is right. It's loping along. It reminds me of an old V twin Harley. Uh huh. And, and it's sitting there saying, "Why are you holding me back? Why are you right. holding me back? Why well, are you holding me back? Let me go. Let we're going to hear go. it here shortly at full chat. Oh, we'll even get a little prop blast, that one. We might. Hey, when you got blades that big in diameter. Uh -huh. So what's the what's the week been like for you, Dave? Uh, it's been a lot of run and gun, which is, is, is one of the two staff photographers on AirVenture today. That's the nature of the beast. Yep. I mean, I'm not, uh, not disappointed by that. It means seeing a lot of stuff but not seeing much for very long. There goes that sea fury.
David, did you find yourself in any uh, uh, particularly unusual situations taking pictures this week? Where, where were you? were all over the place, but I've said before, I, I'm envious that you get to go in the really cool places like out on the flight line and so forth. I got to do a, uh, a few things out on the flight line when the Cirrus jet was coming in. Uh, uh, shot the, uh, the the new Aero Stars, which fly these Yak 52s, three-man team. Uh, but then also had uh, you know some non-airplane stuff, like yesterday morning, the assignment was to do a photo story on the Runway 5K race that they hold here at Oshkosh at EA Air Venture every year. Uh, hundreds of runners out there at O-Dark 30 mm -hmm. getting registered, getting their goodie bags, getting fired up, and then all the way around from uh, the Warbirds area around the west end of 927 right. to the Weeks Hangar and back again. And some young man, I swear, did it in about three minutes and 15 seconds. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it seemed like I'd barely repositioned the gator to shoot the finish line when here comes this youngster, 22 years old, not even wearing a watch. He was yeah. just done. That's obscene. I was going to enter that race because I'm thinking, I can do that easy. But then they said, no, you can't use the scooter. And Damn, I hate when that happens. I do, too. Yeah. So, I do, too. But it's, uh, it, it's been good getting out, to, uh, being able to be out uh, within shooting range of the tilt rotor was a lot of fun. Uh, it's on the agenda again today, although we don't see it on the west ramp. Yeah, it disappeared from the west ramp. Are you sure it's still on the agenda? Well, we, we, we heard a suggestion. Oh, there it is. I see it. It's over there. We heard a suggestion this morning that it was really still there. It was just under a Harry Potter invisibility cloak. Yeah, that's what it was, right. Yeah. No, it's yeah, not it's stealthy. It's just... Uh, but it's 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 been like most uh, air ventures behind the camera here. Um, what makes it difficult to pick out things is that most of what I see, what most of what I focused on, winds up showing up through the viewfinder mm -hmm. of a 35 millimeter digital SLR, and then in between, it's looking for other things to shoot and dodging pedestrians. Yeah. Right. Yeah, there's been big crowds there at the crowd. I mean, everyone was worried that, uh, or uh -huh. many people were worried that, uh, with the economy being what it is and gas prices being what it is, that this might might be a, a, a weak year at AirVenture, and it hasn't been at it all. It has not been. Now, no, you know, I mean, you in know. the final analysis, they may put out numbers that say that this was down or that was down, but that's not, you know that's really non sequitur at the end yeah. of the day. The show's been a huge success, unfortunately, not a hundred percent safe success. Uh, but when you've got an airplane that is turning, an airport that's turning away airplanes because the grounds are full, uh, that's not a sign of a weak turnout. No. Right. When you can't get up and down the uh, the flight line without driving out on the uh, driving out on the taxiway because of the throngs of spectators, that is not a uh, that that is not a bad thing. When, so. you, when it's it's late in the week and you still can't walk through one of the exhibit hangars without a lot of maneuvering uh that's all it's all good yeah all the vendors i talked to with maybe one exception said they had a really good week um even if traffic was down and they're not willing to admit that even if traffic was down a bit the quality of that traffic that's higher than in than in perhaps previous years the other thing and, and i don't know that anyone actively did this but i think before the show uh, expectations kind of got lowered a little bit. Yeah. And I'm not suggesting that there was any um, um, uh, any creative effort or, or any organized effort to lower expectations, but I think everybody in their heart of hearts knew that with the fuel prices the way they are, with the overall economy the way it, it is, the great potential existed for this to be a down show. 
and it did not happen. In fact, this might be the, one of the better ones of the last decade. Yeah. That's right. The, the quality of the vendors, the, the feedback is they've, yeah. they've had maybe fewer customers at times, but they've had more buyers. Right. That's right. That's right. Let's talk more about this in a minute, but we got to take a quick break here. You're listening to a special episode of Uncontrolled Airspace. For those of you listening live here in Oshkosh or on the Internet, we do a new episode of this podcast every week, and we'd love to have you listen to it to us on a regular basis. You can do that by going to our website at www.uncontrolledairspace.com or by searching for us on Google or in the iTunes store. And remember, it's all free. And remember that uh, you don't need an iPod to listen to podcasts. You can enjoy them on any portable music device or on your desktop or laptop computer. We'll be back in a little bit with more. You're listening to a special episode of Uncontrolled Airspace on EAA Radio. The coffee is still warm and Dave Higdon left you a donut. Welcome back to Uncontrolled Airspace on EAA Radio. You didn't leave the donut for me, David. What was that yeah, all about? Yeah, where's the donut? Man? They took it away. I, I turned it down. I'd had my quota, too. That's right. That's because discipline is your middle name. My, right. Oh, yes. Right. So, of course, we know that should be true. In my last two air show donuts of the season. So. That's right. Me, too, actually. I've done that this yeah. morning. Yeah. So, uh, in the podcast we recorded on, on uh, what was it, 92, uh, a couple days back, uh, I was bemoaning the fact that the Osprey had not yet arrived. Uh-huh. And uh, and Jeb, in his infinite wisdom, assured me that it wasn't going to happen. It was never going to happen. Never going to happen. And uh-huh. uh, the next day or two days later, it did, in fact, arrive. And uh, <coughs> Color me embarrassed. Did, uh, did some interesting things. Flybys, and then it eventually ended up uh, on dis- static display in uh, on Aeroshell Square. Cool airplane. I it, it's a bigger airplane than I than I had envisioned. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not really an airplane either. Yeah, I guess an aircraft. It, it's but, a uh, troop transport, and yeah. if you're going to carry a platoon of fully armed and equipped Marines into the field, you got to be able to carry about 21 people plus yep. the crew. Yep. So I did something I haven't done in a long time here at Oshkosh, which is I actually got in line to uh, walk through the thing. And uh, they're whistling because uh, a really big, beautiful... What is that? TBM, I believe. TBM. Is that the aircraft that President Bush flew during World War II? Uh, The first President Bush. That's that's right. Yeah. Yep. And... uh, had his uh, famous uh, kind of submarine low rescue shooting down and, yeah. uh, and uh, being rescued. Big, big bird. Yeah, it's a three-man single-engine airplane. Three was, crew. Was he the commander of that aircraft? Or he was. was. He? Yes. Yeah, okay. he was. Yeah, that's right. And then we got two other. What are these? Uh, uh, T twenty eight. T twenty eight. Look like they're getting ready to do run up, so it could get loud here in a yeah. minute. But well, uh, they're looking we, at us. They're waving their props at us. Everybody, get, wave back. They will get hello. Loud. That's right. So the Osprey is here, and I uh, got a chance to get up and cl- up close and personal. I uh, took some pictures, which I posted on my Flickr page, if anybody's interested. I linked to that from our forums uh, uh, at Uncontrolled Airspace. And uh, it was pretty neat. Yep. I, it is a, it's really interesting to watch the thing fly. I mean, it just... Yeah, it, it's... It's, it's, a, it's a very different aircraft. It's, it's unnatural in, in some ways. Yeah, yeah. So, so that was one of the one of the highlights for me. How about you guys? Any particular highlights? Things you've seen? We've always talked about, and I know we always talk about the, our friends and our people, and there's no doubt that that's the, the best thing. But there are a lot of act, aviation activities going on here. Any standout in your mind? It was good to see some bounce back in the ultralight area this year. Uh-huh. Uh, not a bounce back in the number of vendors, but a bounce back in the people that were actually pushing your airplanes out on the grass runway down on the farm. And uh, committing a little aviation in the mornings and the evening. Uh, seeing aluminum overcast again and again, that never ceases to be. That's the EAA uh, B-17. B-17. Uh, watching her come over 
straight over the field. Uh, they did that a lot throughout the week. Was that part of the rides they were giving? Yes, yes. Well, yes. giving. That was part of the rides you could well, yes. invest in. That you could, and, you uh, could purchase. You could make a donation to obtain. But uh, right. the, the, the Osprey was, in many ways, the singular most impressive thing after the Raptor, uh, which flew again yesterday evening. Uh, the, the Osprey is so big and can fly so slowly the rotors which turn into propellers when the engines go horizontal they turn so slowly it's hard yeah. to believe how fast that thing is going yeah yeah and from the photography standpoint the slower the rotors turn the harder it is to get them blurred right right uh, now i know you guys aren't helicopter people but i was looking at this thing fly the other day and wondering whether it's capable of auto rotation do you know if well, it, if it's at the, altitude and it has one of an the engine. things it's capable of, and I would presume it's capable of auto rotation, but one of the um, engineering issues that they had, since you have uh, uh, an engine in each nacelle, right? Um, one of the issues was what happens if one of those engines fails. Um, the way it works now is that there's a, an interconnect shaft right. between the two engines. So the, the operating engine then, its power is diverted to turn the opposite road. Right. Um, so the odds of requiring an auto rotation are lower because uh, unless you completely run it out of lose run it out of gas, that's a good way. But uh, didn't they do that once actually? I think that was one of the early accidents. Um, I bye bye T28. Bye bye. I, I don't recall. It could well have been. It's 228 taking off in uh, formation here, side by side. And then the TBM is kind of taxied around at random a little bit, and now it looks like it's headed for a departure. Yep. Uh, seeing uh, the P-38 rough stuff taxi out yesterday morning. That's oh, the, uh, the Lightning. The, uh, yeah, P-38 Lightning. Uh, <coughs> it took off just about half an hour is ago. That what, is that the one? That I believe yeah, that, that was the yeah. one. I don't uh, think there was more than one Lightning here this year. Yeah, there were two. Oh, were there? Uh, Glacier okay. Girl Glacier Girl was stuff. here. I saw Glacier oh, Girl earlier, okay. yeah. All right. And here comes aluminum overcast uh, from the north uh, headed south right over us. Yep, yep. Stand by for a bomb run. That's right. Uh, uh, yeah, except it just, except it, when there was bomb runs, there was more than one of them. Several. It, that must have been an ins I mean, that must have been a, a, a mind-boggling... You know, site. If you're in a town near a near a military installation, and, and a and a flock of them things my, come over the horizon. My good friend in Wichita, Hans Hans Malters, Hans Malters, just like Fox Mulder on the on the uh, yeah. X Files TV show, uh, is a is, is a native of Holland. Uh huh. He was a child during World War II. Uh, yeah. He was about eight or nine, ten or eleven during those years, and he's talked many times about seeing thousands of aircraft going over in the early morning light and the fighters would come and engage him and he's you know he's, he's used the phrase sometimes it seemed like it was raining airplane parts Ooh. from uh, what was happening up high uh-huh uh, and my uncle once he flew 17s out of england uh for 17 missions and then became a guest <laughs> uh he showed uh, some photographs that uh that his unit reunion put together uh, looking out of the uh, waste gunner port back toward what looks like you look like you could step from b-17 to b-17 all the way back across the english channel right. to england mm -hmm. uh, it did have to be amazing and there's unfortunately precious few of those girls still left to remind us of, uh, of what those what those young men did yeah yeah 
Yep. Yeah, there, there was one, uh, and I don't recall which B-17 it was, that was on the ramp, the west ramp, earlier in the week. And uh, uh, just looking at that and, and trying to imagine what it was like, uh, you know, 60-some-odd years ago to try to go to war in that thing as a 20, 22-year-old kid. Yeah, you made that comment to me the other day. Uh, Can you imagine being a 20-year-old in command of this aircraft? Yeah. Yeah, uh, it it is it's, mind-boggling. It's, it really is. Yeah, so they're taxiing out now. What it, they're pulling out, rather? The, um, I want to say Viking. Is that? It's a, an S two Viking. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's one of these airborne radar aircraft. Uh, it's got its wings folded up right now. Yeah, it's a carrier-based aircraft. Yeah. Eyes of the fleet, they call it. It, uh, it, it it's got to be able to fold them to put them on uh, to put them on board ship, and uh, it's got so many blades on those turboprop engines that uh, I thought at first it was a lottery wheel. Yeah. The, the later model versions of the S3 have upgraded engines with props. It's a T-38. I think an airplane just went past. That's right. I, I believe you're right. That's right. Hey, just wandered into the hangar is our friend uh, Rick Reynolds from EAA. Morning, Rick. How you doing? Good morning, everybody. So how are you holding up? You're, you're pretty good. I've been joking all, all, all week long about the hardest working people at AirVenture. You are certainly one of them. And, this uh, year for sure. Well, yeah, it was uh, had a few new uh, twists and turns, yep. but you know. But that's all behind us now. It's all behind us. That's right. What a and, beautiful, uh, uh, beautiful day, huh? Isn't yeah. it great? It is. Isn't it great? So, uh, what are you up to now? So, you know, we've talked about this in the past. Uh, what is your gig the rest of the year at EAA? Well, generally, I provide a lot of uh, the web content. Uh, news stories and features, and I uh, every week put out the e hotline that many of the listeners I hope uh, receive. Mm -hmm. Hope so. And uh, so it's it's generally electronic and some uh, publications work. Mm -hmm. If someone sure. wants to receive the e hotline, how do they do that? Well, it's, a, it's an email newsletter. Am I right? Correct. Yep. Well, first of all, uh, be an EAA member because it is a member benefit. Always a good thing. Yes, and uh, there is a. One place, place on the website mm -hmm. that you can go and sign up. Okay. Yeah. So what are you? org it is. You were you were very much uh, tied to your post at the newspaper office throughout the week. But is there anything that really caught your attention this week? Thing that stood Something out? Something that drug you outside and made you go, "Holy cow! Look at that!" Well, I tell you what. Uh, you're you're a music guy. Did you get backstage at Foreigner this year? No, I didn't see Foreigner. Oh, we no. we had a late deadline that day and. Uh -huh. uh, but um, I, I could hear them, yeah. Uh, and you know, it, thought, it sounded like foreigner to me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Funny thing, huh? sure. You know, flashback to the '70s, uh -huh, I guess. Yeah. Uh -huh. But uh, I guess I would say that that Boeing 40 was really something else. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if you saw that, but holy cow! You know, yeah, it was 1920s. Pretty cool. You know, it was pretty cool. I got a chance to, Jeb, did you never got a chance to actually never, get up close to it? I never got up close to it. They parked it in a kind of funny, I mean, not a funny place, but not where you would normally expect it. I, I would have expected it to be in, in Aeroshell Square, but it was over in the vintage area, sort of to the south of Theater in the Woods. Yeah, I think HG uh, said, I want that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was a very impressive aircraft, and... Uh, um, pretty cool that they put it back together. Someone was telling us it was quite an elaborate story. I think it was Randy was telling us there's quite an elaborate history between that yeah. that particular airframe and how just, it. Just just for those folks that don't have uh, don't have podcast vision, we've got one of the prettiest examples of the Douglas DC three, well the C forty seven various variation, all polished out, shiny and yep. silver. Uh, she's coming down the taxiway here. Getting ready to turn out to, to part on on one eight, and unusual for this 
this much action. It's actually very quiet. Yeah. Yeah, he's really idling. I mean, something's going to happen the soon. Props are flashing in the sun, and you can almost see each each blade as it, as it sits there. And you know, when, when we when, here's a note for next year. Uh, we need bibs. Yeah. Standing out here watching <laughs> to, to all deal with the drool. exotic that's right. hardware. Yeah, that's to right. To deal with the drool. You know, instead of the little lobster on it with the butter tray insignia, while well, we can have airplanes and props and log books and our tongues hanging out of our uh -huh, mouth uh -huh, because uh -huh. the sights from up here sure help us do that. That's the Air Force One for the Dominican Republic is here. <laughs> now, we never heard whether that was true or not. Is it true? Well, we're, I'm sure it's they our didn't story. call it that. It's but our story, and we're sticking to it. No, it so this is the... Uh, this the, is a EAA trimotor. The EAA trimotor, Ford trimotor. And right. uh, we had heard a rumor early in the week that... So we were going to get Tom to make this one of the questions in his column. He was going to say... Was, the question was going to be, is it true that Ford trimotor was once Air Force One? And Jack's talking about Tom Richards, who... Uh, writes a uh, inside back page column in Air Venture today yeah. called Ask Tom, uh, which you can find on the website. Uh, Tom's an old ink-stained wretch like so many of us here, ex-newspaper guy. Now he does stand-up comedy, and he's just got a really entertaining approach to answering questions. Yes. He's not an airplane guy, but he used to come to the show all the time working for the Appleton paper. Yeah. So uh, he gets all sorts of aviation questions and goes out and finds a wry way to, to, to deal with them. And yep. Uh, he's one of the treats of working here. Well, this looks like this looks like the return of a photo mission. This is uh, we've got could I well be. Yeah. I see four. Well, two have just passed us. A total of four aircraft doing a straight into uh, to uh, one eight here. And they're all landing long, so they know there's somebody behind them. And uh, the first two are aerobatic aircraft, and uh, looks like the third one is, and maybe the fourth one's the photo ship. I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, but, one uh, of the photo ships is uh, is uh, uh, how you say a wounded. Wounded Warrior right now. It had a uh, had an unplanned engine stoppage oh, and uh, really wound up dead sticking back into the airport quite successfully. Bruce Moore, the photo platform pilot, when, just when did that happen? Did a great job. Was that yesterday or I, day before? Uh, it was two days ago, two I days believe. Ago. Yeah, I heard it. It was a very fortunate uh, result to a potentially not unfortunate situation. Anytime that fan up front stops moving, you can see the pilot sweat. Except. Most cases when it really happens, that's the old joke, right? So right. most of the cases when it really happens, the guys are cool enough that the adrenaline and the terror doesn't sit in until post-rollout. That's right. When they try to unpucker themselves from the uh -huh. Well, I tell you what, the most impressive thing about that story is that he hightailed it into another plane, and uh, he was on a photo shoot. Right. Mission, on an airplane that wasn't coming back. <laughs> right. But he got in the plane, and... Uh, when he got on the ground and everything, and, and caught up to the plane and got the got the shoot done, so that is a pro. I think gotcha. God's maybe taking the rest of the day off. I don't know. <laughs> yep. Uh, so what else have we seen that we thought was interesting here this week? Uh, we talked a lot, a lot of things on Wednesday, uh, but uh, things overall that were cool. Well, you know, the the most interesting thing I saw yesterday, if if I could just narrow it down to that, was the uh, Eclipse 400 single engine personal jet doing what it called limited aerobatics. Yeah, that was pretty cool. <laughs> uh, basically, uh, uh, some... Uh, would those have been sportsman category aerobatics, you think? Those would be... Uh, I'm not sure which category, but uh, he did a Cuban 8 uh, to end his routine and did some uh, some steep turns, some did wingovers, some um, reversals, whatever. Um, I thought he got out of shape a couple of times, but uh, maybe I'm in the minority. Oh, we have an albatross. 
Albatross, Albatross. I always think of Monty Python when he I see one of those. He's using a lot of runway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got plenty left. He's got plenty left. It's probably full of camping gear. Camping gear and fuel. Yeah, and uh, we've, we've visited with some people to restore those on uh -huh. a flight to the Cayman Islands a few years ago. Uh, uh, only burns about 102 gallons an hour at cruise. <laughs> well, that's not too bad. Yeah. Sign me up. I'm ready for it. Yeah. Uh, you hear that Powerball, people? I need my albatross. So there's the DC-3 now taxing uh, out towards the uh, This one runway. belongs to the Commemorative Air Force. And it's been actually, it's really been heartening to see. Uh, something new here this year uh, was a, uh, a uh, kind of a partnership between EAA Warbirds of America and the Commemorative Air Force folks. Uh, bringing in airplanes, uh, working together to preserve history. And one of the largest warbird turnouts in my memory uh, up there at the north end where 927 and 1836 intersect. Uh, boy, it's just been a treat, and they have hung in, too. Uh, more than half the warbirds that show up are still up there, and they, it, it was looking like close to 400 at one point, I heard. Yeah. So, Rick, I... Uh I know you're not an official EAA spokesperson, but uh, one of the things that EAA was uh, touting or telling us about this year was the uh, plans for the new grounds. Mm -hmm. um, can can you tell us a little bit about uh, some of the, the plans, the short-term and long-term plans for that? And, uh, well, I think a lot of it is centered on uh, making it a more uh, enjoyable, comfortable for, for the guests. They're talking about having some EGAD, flush toilets installed Whoa. in uh, some of the Whoa. camping areas. And... Uh, Expanding some of the uh, exhibit space and making it a little bit more, you know, rearranging it so it's a little bit more logical. They're talking about the big X. I don't know if you saw that. I on did. The, I see they're, they're going to in the paper this week. We ran so instead a story. of instead of the uh, the main exhibits area being kind of rectangularly right. oriented, it's going to be from a point at the main gate, and there'll be these main thoroughfares. The current one that goes straight down through the center, mm -hmm. and then there'll be two that go off right and left. Correct. That are are also main thoroughfares, so you can kind of take a shortcut down to whatever part of the flight line you're looking for right and they're also uh, one of the one of the most um, mentioned uh, complaints here is the the proliferation of golf carts and gators and uh, in within the crowd I mean and what they're trying to design is a way to, to sort of like at Sun and Fun where they got those trails in the back right well some way to segregate the segregate uh, the, the motors the, the necessary car traffic because right. it's hard to do the show without the uh, the vehicular support uh, yeah. from the people and I think that's a great idea. Sure. Yep. Uh, yep. You know, my my little gig and, and and privileges allow me to get out of the crowd and go down the taxiway, right. which is the most time efficient way to get up and down nine one eight three six. But uh, most of the carts, most of the uh, uh, people driving the carts don't have that don't have that uh, privilege. And uh, you, you know, you know that it could stand a little improvement when you on wheels and the pedestrians that are four years old are passing you on the left. That's right. That's right. <laughs> hey, we need to take a break here. Rick, can you stick around? Or uh, uh, yeah, I got a little bit. Okay, I great. Uh, we'll be back with more in just a few minutes. You're listening to a special episode of Uncontrolled Airspace on EAA Radio. The morning fog is lifting both on the field. And between Jeb Burnside's ears. Welcome back to Uncontrolled Airspace on EA Radio. I don't the, know. Uh, 
the show yeah, doesn't start until 2.30. Hey, Dave, we're on. It's live radio. Sorry, we <laughs> had a question from a spectator about when the Osprey's flying. And uh, we're they just pulled it out over there, didn't they? So the, our, our well, friends at EA Radio have created these little, these little bumper promos that they've been surprising oh, yeah, us with. There it and, uh, is. So far, they've gotten Dave and they've gotten Jeb. I, I just don't even know what to expect when, I, when my I time would be comes. Afraid. Yeah, I know, Very really. Afraid. It's uh, it's biplane city out here right now. We've got uh, three really beautiful biplanes. Yeah, uh, we did a little piece in the paper earlier in the week about a father and son team. Dad built his Starduster 2 20 years ago. Son followed up and built an identical one and uh, they had them together here for the first time at uh, Air Venture. Uh, our good buddy Randy Defoe was with us the other night, uh, uh, tracked them down, we did a story about them. Really pretty airplanes. Uh, one of them's 20 years old, one of them's one year old. Also in the queue here for the runway is a uh, very nice uh, F4U Corsair. I presume that's an F4U. Uh, marine colors. Um, Looks very nice. We'll get to hear it shortly. Yep. Yep. I feel like Katie Couric at Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. <laughs> um, you don't look like her. Well, you. <laughs> and right, you know, what a contrast. We've got the, the Corsair, and then we've got a little RV sitting next to it. And uh, yep. they're both doing their run-ups, getting ready to taxi out and motor out. And That's right. So, uh, uh, Rick, we, we talk a lot about our work with the newspaper, and we make a lot of references to the stories that, that have been published there throughout the week. For those folks who weren't here this week, that those stories are available to them on the internet, right? Oh, absolutely. Uh, and where would they go to, to track down the, the week's worth of Oshkosh news? Well, you go to airventure.org, and uh, generally uh, the content of the paper is posted in there, and, and each story has its own link on the main page, and then there are links to previous issues. Uh, thanks to Sue Arrowwood, who... Uh, I can't say enough about the job that Sue does. I mean, she is, um, yeah, because she's kind of isolated up in the building. Uh, uh, we'd like to get her down at the newspaper office one of these years, and, and that may well happen. Uh, but but she goes about her business, gets everything done, and uh, allows the whole world to share in, in all this that, yep. we're, that we're enjoying so all, here. All those stories are there for anyone who wants to take a look. Absolutely. So what else is going on this week? Let me suggest a, th a possible theme that I saw this week yeah. um, in a number of different uh, 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 announcements and products and just people talking, and that's the whole subject of fuel. Not simply this question of the expense of fuel, but the outright question of availability of fuel. Yeah. And uh, uh, how much longer are we going to have ready access to 100 low lead? And if we don't, what are the alternatives? Um, it seems like we've seen a lot of announcements of uh, turbine engines this week. Maybe I'm just noticing them more. But, uh, you know, um, Rolls-Royce announced uh, a, an engine that, that, that it theori theoretically will be uh, usable on a four-place uh, aircraft. Um, you know, I mean, is there a theme there? Is it... Is, is, well, I think you're seeing uh, a maturation um, of uh, R and researches, re research and development efforts. Um, the uh, RR 500 TP that Rolls Royce announced this week is is something of a growth version of the old Allison uh, 250 that uh, Rolls Royce bought the rights to several years ago. Um, they're seeing the writing on the wall. The, the, the writing basically says, no one really knows what the future of 100 low lead is. No one really knows if there is a, going to be a suitable um, uh, uh, 
commonly, I'm, I'm sorry, commonly available and reasonably priced aviation gasoline, aviation quality gasoline available, whether that's going to be 100 low lead or, or some other name attached to it. Well, there's, there's considerable pressure from some corners of American society to uh, get the lead do out. away with the, yeah, to get the lead out. And, and essentially, we're the only major users of leaded fuel, even though it's a lot less lead than it used to be. Right. But uh, there is research underway that's showing some promise, uh, thanks to the low volume of, of, of fuel that our community requires. They say that they can develop this, get it to market, and in mass production uh, three to five years, and at a price competitive with the cost of 100 low lead before we saw this huge spike. Well, which would be lovely. Good luck with that. I'm, I'm <laughs> cert I'd certainly like to see it myself, but uh, I don't know. I think that train's left the station. Yeah. No, I just remember when... Uh, Reference when, points never stay stationary. That's right. When I started working at EAA in 2000, uh, I seem to recall, you know, the 100 low lead uh, issue, I guess, uh, discussion that it was only going to be around for about 10 more years. Uh -huh. Well, here it is. It's eight, eight years more right. and maybe nine almost years, nine right. And uh, Earl Lawrence, uh, as many of you may know, is, is very involved in the ASTM. That's EA's Vice President of Government Affairs? Correct. Yeah. Or some title like that. Government VP, I guess. Yeah. Right. But right. Uh, he's, he's the man uh, that knows a lot about that stuff. And, you know, but there's, here it is. There's so much research going into alternative fuels right now, both for aviation and for right. the rest of the gas-burning fleet, many of which don't use corn. Uh, they use other uh, other sources of uh, uh, vegetation to create fuel. Uh, there's algae, uh, research into algae, which is a type of algae that actually produces a petroleum-like substance as a waste product. <laughs> now, you know, as uncomfortable as it might seem to be flying around on algae poo. Uh, <laughs> well, they, there's the brand name right that, there. That just rolls off the tongue. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I need I, I need some 110 octane algae poo, please. <laughs> I tell you, Lake Winnebago's full of it. Maybe we'll, uh, we'll become the new Saudi Arabia here. <laughs> well, and that was a criticism when first when the idea was first floated. No pun intended. Was it you know the 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 uh, the, the, the traditional knee jerk naysayers were like, well, we can't afford to take over that much land for all the lakes that you need to do all this algae, but. Really smart people have developed these vertical cells. They suspend from a ceiling 30 feet, and they're spaced every few feet apart. And in about 20,000 square feet, they can do, what was it, 21 million gallons a year, they said. Mm -hmm. Wow. And the beauty of it is, in producing that high-octane <clears throat> consumable waste product, the algae takes carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere. Yeah. So carbon footprint-wise, for those that uh, uh, are attentive and believers, it's completely neutral. Yeah. It takes it out, and it puts no more back in than what it takes out. And then it's there available for those good algaes to eat and excrete and give us more fuel. That's right. Can you beat the excrete? Not in this case. We have two just gorgeous Starduster uh, biplanes. Those are from the story, yeah. So yeah, these are the father are and these, son. These are the two? Yeah. That, that's son on the left and dad on the right. But uh, they, they appear to be the same vintage. They were built, I'm sorry, maybe I wasn't 20 years attention. apart. 20 years apart. These two airplanes were built 20 years apart. Yes, the one. So which one's the older one? Well, the guy with the beard's the older one. <laughs> so this gentleman over here. 
in, in any event, two, two really gorgeous airplanes. I believe the older one's the one on the right, uh, which is anybody who's, the older aircraft? Anybody who's watching us can see. Uh, it's as immaculate as okay. the one in front. They're right. gorgeous. They're gorgeous. Right. Of course, we've been seeing here um, for a number of years now uh, diesel uh, engines starting to be uh, embraced for aircraft, and uh, one of the uh, one of the showcase uh, aircraft that, that they were showing off this year was an electric aircraft. Uh, and I didn't get a chance to see that fly. Did, did either did of you guys see it? I didn't either. I was out in the right spot a couple of times. Yes, yesterday it flew. Did yeah. it fly yesterday? About, about of course it flew when yep. I didn't go out to look for yeah. it. Sure. Uh, hey, we got, a, we got a story in the paper about it. You know, we snuck it in at the end yesterday. You mean now i got to read the paper? <laughs> <laughs> but apparently it's... Uh, I'll just look at the pictures. I, I guess this would be obvious if you think about it, but it's quiet, this electric airplane. Yes. That was the headline. The, Ooh, so quiet. Yeah. So maybe that's Page why you four. missed it, Dave. You didn't. And, I, and I understand that they are just about to break the long extension cord technology problem. Well, so, so that's my question, actually. Um, is it really practical to uh, power an aircraft off of batteries? I mean, are we even close to having battery technology... We're, can we're, store we're, that at, kind we're of at a point now where the motor technology, which is of equal right. importance with the power of the battery, yeah. uh, they, they're flying some research aircraft. Boeing, believe it or not, is engaged in this. Really? Using fuel oh, yeah. cell okay. technology All to right. produce the power to charge the battery to give you reserve power. Well, uh, was, but they're able to fly about 90 minutes. It was a few years ago that NASA developed and flew a, a very long endurance electric aircraft. Uh, the pictures. Solar. Wasn't it solar? Solar, exactly. It was solar, and they had enough yep. uh, lightweight battery technology on it that it could stay aloft um, an indefinite period of time and measured in days. Uh, during the daytime and daylight, the batteries recharge. Uh, at night, uh, the batteries discharge. The uh, motors keep turning. Sounds th- a lot like us. I think it had uh, uh, just a wide, long array of, of engines, motors, I should say, on the wing. Yeah, about eight. Um, and um, it, it flew. It, it, it did what it was designed to do. The uh, the technology obviously continues to evolve. Uh, uh, Jack and I were out in the North 40 yesterday, uh, um, uh, guests of a, a good, close friend of the uh, podcast, and uh, looking over his airplane, his camping site, and this kind of thing. And he had a little solar panel uh, right. spread over the back yeah. uh, window of the, of the uh, 182's cabin uh, that was he used to recharge um, a battery um, that he could use to, pa- to recharge his, uh, his cell phone and, and other portable equipment. Yeah. And uh, the uh, uh, little solar shade, it was flexible. It could, you could fold it up, roll it up. And it was it made a perfect uh, cover for the back window of the 182 to keep the sun out. So, yeah. you know, it's it's coming. Uh, but uh, uh, what we need to have is some flexibility and a lot more options. Yes. Well, you know, and if there's any good news that comes out of our current gas or, or petroleum situation, it is that five dollar gas starts to make all these alternatives much more economical. Well, that's and, right. That's right. You know, so. Uh, I bought it for three seventy one this morning. So, yeah, what's car? <laughs> you, didn't buy, you didn't buy Avgas yeah, for that this morning. Oh no! no. <laughs> but thanks to EAA, you could use that in a lot of the airplanes here. That's true. That's right. That's, That's true. true. EAA was one of the first. Uh, Unless it has first. ethanol in it, of course. Unless it has right. ethanol. Right. In it. Right. Yeah. Which unfortunately it did. Yep. Bummer. So what do we got out here? We got a bunch of airplanes uh, lining up. That to go. looks like right. a uh, Taylor Craft. I think the front one's Alaskan. a one forty. And yeah, that's maybe a that's 195. That and a, uh, no, I'm sorry, it's a 120. No flaps. Oh, that's right. Hmm. 
And the Had a 120 Cessna, a 195 Cessna. Uh, Home built. Of some yeah, I think it might be a Pulsar type, an RV, yeah. the two Stardusters. Uh, Ford Tri-Motor is on its way back in. Uh, you know, this Tri-Motor could be a model for the rest of the airline industry. That there is a way to make money in aviation. That's yeah. true. <laughs> That's yeah. true. Ten minute rides for fifty bucks each, right? Yeah, yeah. And your bags always come back with you. That's right. Unlike the guy who checked in the other day for the flight to come up here, he said, "I'd like to go to Oshka. Where are you going today? I'm going to Oshka. I'd like my bags to go to L.A." And they said, "What? Well, we couldn't do that. Well, why not? You did it last year." <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Rick, you know, as they say, uh, an EA staffer's work is never done, so I know you have to run off here. But thanks for stopping by and chatting with us for a few minutes. And thanks once again for being uh, our, a great boss to us on the newspaper. And uh, uh, we'll, uh, we'll see it. Well, we'll talk in the meantime. Well, yeah, I'm going to have to run. Uh, I got one question for you. Does anybody have the scooter key? <laughs> I need it. <laughs> we'll talk about that during the break. <laughs> Speaking of which, we will be back for more. You're listening to a special episode of Uncontrolled Airspace on EAA Radio. This is Marion Blakey, FAA. You're listening to EAA Radio Oshkosh. EAA Radio's Nordo Nick stayed dry. However, he could have used some water as his teeth likely collected a large amount of bugs while phoning in a traffic report from the breezy. And we're off! Flying high above Oshkosh! Air Venture 2008! And I can see all you people and it looks like death to me! <laughs> right now we're flying all over runway 27! I'm Afterburner Al, EAA Radio. The coffee is still warm, and Dave Higdon left you a donut. Welcome back to Uncontrolled Airspace on EA Radio. Well, so far I am apparently unscathed in the uh, EAA bumper promos here, but there's, uh, there's you know, there's but, real money, and you guys coming up with something. Well, we got a couple more breaks coming up, so there's still st there's still time. Um, I like that the, uh, the I didn't hear when they did it live or they did it originally the uh, broadcasting from the breezy. I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, we, it is cool. We should do an episode of the podcast from well. We'd have to do it one at a time. Three breezies in formation. How about a breezy race? Yeah. Called live from the back seat of the breezy. The it breezy can take over what the Reno racers do here. The breezy is a favorite airplane of mine here every year. It is a uh, largely uh, uh, metal tube uh, frame fuselage with uh, the wings are from something like a Cherokee or something like that. I think I read. They're they're a basic design. Yeah. I think and, they're off uh, a, 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 an old rag wing yeah. piper. Yeah. And, the, and then the pilot and the passenger sit uh, way up at the front of this thing, forward, uh, four of the wing. With and, a pusher, uh, pusher engine, pusher and, prop. Uh, they uh, give rides throughout the week here, uh, primarily to kids, I understand, but uh, they, they do give a lot of rides throughout the week. And, uh, and apparently they did a quick uh, EAA radio broadcast from it. That sounds pretty cool. Oh, yeah, one year it was really fun watching the pink shirts from the FAA Air Traffic Service lined up to go for breezy rides. Uh -huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it is a man. You know, you, you realize if they're going back on station, that they got to get somewhere to get the bugs out of their teeth. Because <laughs> they tell you, get caught on their teeth, they couldn't see what they're saying. Speaking of flying out in the open air, um, uh, the butt of a lot of jokes here this week has been the jetpack. 
and uh, the fanny, ah, the the Martin fanny pack. The, the Martin jetpack. Uh, so I've been, you know, I, I think, though, it's starting to slowly redeem itself in a little way as the week has okay. progressed. I, I think we're starting to understand a little better. What, now, you may have a different opinion, but this is my opinion. That we're starting to understand a little better what it is they're going for and what they're trying to do. And they, they certainly... The Hooters hovermobile. <laughs> they set the expectations wrong. And uh, people, did. people didn't understand what they were going to see. But when you actually kind of put the uh, the, the Fufara aside, um, it's kind of an interesting bit of technology, and I think it has oh, some it's potential. Very, it, it, it's very tech, um, very interesting. They use a vertically, the, the, they use a V4 two-stroke engine mounted with the crankshaft vertical like a, on a helicopter. Drives two ducted fans. Yep. Uh, then has some aerodynamic controls, the two sticks that the guy holds on to, left and right. They operate independently. Uh, burns gas. Mm -hmm. And sounds like a big Mercury or Evinrude when you fire it up. Right, right. And I actually, by, by sheer chance, I had a chance to see it fly, though maybe the only other time it flew here this week, um, which was they, they wanted to find a quiet place because they just got caught up in this huge crowd yeah. when they did their sort of quote-unquote public uh, flight. Uh, yeah, the, uh, the, uh, the uh, hiccup there was, uh, I don't think there was any realization of just how interested people were right. in that. Right. They started showing up so early yeah. and getting so close that they... they tried really hard they tried a couple of times to get the crowd to move back about 20 feet what is it about a jetpack sure you've got the individuality of of you know strapping on something and and getting off the ground uh jennifer is that conley. the only is that the only jennifer thing? conley is what it's all about jennifer conley yeah she was the girlfriend in the movie the rocketeer now you know if you can fly a jetpack like the hero in the rocketeer then you get the girl you get the girl you save her from the bad Nazis. That Jennifer Conley is the appeal of the jetpack. Well, maybe that's the right answer, um, but I don't think everybody who turned out at Aeroshell Square to see that fly <laughs> had Jennifer Conley on their mind. Uh, you know, yes, it's interesting. It's new and different. Uh, what was it that made that turnout so high? Was it just the, the uh, heightened expectations? I, I think it's fascinated people going back decades. Yeah. And when they finally got one, let's use it in a loose interpretation. When they finally got one perfected well enough to use it as stunt item in movies for about 90-second flights. Uh, you know, the, the, the Nazis supposedly were working on this during World War II. Uh, didn't come to fruition. Uh, it's been like ornithopters, you know, flapping wing machines. Right, right. It's been one of those unrealized dreams, and it just keeps coming back. And admittedly, this is probably the most original and potentially practical right. of the solutions we've seen yet. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So a couple of days after the uh, the big crowd scene on Aeroshell Square, uh, I was down at the ultralight area uh, at at uh, at the close of the day when they were getting ready to fly down there again. And, and I was just wandering around watching the ultralights prepare and taxi around and just kind of enjoying the afternoon. And uh, Frank Beagle, who's the announcer down there, kept saying, he said, he kept saying, 
they're, they're not here to fly, don't worry, they're just tweaking. And I couldn't figure out what he was referring to. And after a few moments, I looked out and realized that um, out on the grass runway at, at, down at the farm, uh, on the far side, was the jetpack with uh, three or four of its technicians and its, and its uh, pilot, I guess you'd call him. And, it was, and supposed uh, to, it was supposed to be down there again the next evening. Yeah. And, and we he were... kept saying it wasn't going to fly, it's not going to fly. And then he started, they started the engine, everybody got excited, and Frank's going, it's not going to fly, it's not going to fly. And then I did, did sort of a, I, I think they must have done sort of a Howard Hughes kind of thing, you know, where they, they ran up the engines. <laughs> oh, like the spruce goose. Yeah, right? they ran up the engines, and it actually lifted off and kind of floated about 10, 10 feet to one well, side. Well, it, uh, it looks interesting. It's a great, it's a great uh, implementation of a concept. Uh, I didn't get up close and personal with it, but uh, Randy uh, Dufoe, who sometimes is on uh, UCAP, says he did, and uh, uh, it was well engineered. It's 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 uh, the machine is is uh, assembled nicely. It looks like uh, um, good uh, good machine shop work, for example. It's got oh, a little the, LCD the panel and yeah, the workmanship like is is, so, is top notch. Yeah, the workmanship on it looks really good. Um, so you know maybe this is something that uh, you know we, we're starting to see a whole new category here. Unfortunately, there there was. A renewal of some expectations when uh, they they said that they were going to try to fly it at the end of the air show, out on the flight line for the flight line crowd uh-huh. today. Today, but now we had this in the paper a few days ago. Okay. Uh, to my knowledge, it never came to fruition. Right. Of course, I miss more than I see during the air show, but uh, it did fly again. Apparently, down in uh, down on the farm the next night, right, right. the night that we were doing Padapalooza, uh-huh. and. Uh, Mm-hmm. Did not get out in front of a big public crowd again. So, as they say in baseball, there's always next year. That's there's right. always next year. That's right. I am looking forward to see where they go with this thing because it has it, yeah. it has some interesting potential. And uh, it know. sure would make it. Uh, you know, it would sh- it certainly fulfill my wife's you statement know, that I would fly to the grocery store. If and, it, and there are <laughs> a lot of applications uh, for that kind of technology um, that I can I can envision. And, We'll see what happens. I want to hear that. What, the applications? Some of the applications that you're thinking of. Well, uh, let's say a a farmer or a rancher uh, wants to go inspect his crops uh, or or wants to look over his fields. Kind of a helicopter substitute. It's a utilitarian kind of thing. Whether, uh, you know, it could be used for law enforcement, it could be used... uh, um, in all kinds of, of, of ways that uh, this is you know, where we need the we Wagner even, music to come yeah. up. Dum, 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 um, who knows? Yeah, yeah. Who knows? So personal right. transportation, obviously. The one thing that we are completely certain of here is that the remaining ultralight manufacturers on the field have little to fear in way of price competition because well, the tag that was on the machine in front of the display a couple of days ago said $100,000, yeah. and they actually had a sold sign on one of them. And I take both those things with a grain of salt. But Right. You know, I think grain of salt might put you over the 254-pound ultralight weight limit. <laughs> but. So uh, you mentioned Potapalooza. We had a lot of fun visiting with our fellow aviation podcasters oh, the other yeah. night. And uh, uh, we gathered over in one of the forum buildings with about Shall eight or ten of us. Uh, a big gang from Uncontrolled Airspace. And let's see if I can get all the names here. Uh, Steve Tupper was there and Jason of uh, Steve Tupper of Airspeed. Excuse me, Stephen Force of Airspeed. And uh, I keep forgetting his secret identity. You know. And... Uh, 
uh, Jason Miller of the Finer Points was there, and uh, a new podcaster who I've just met, I believe his name is Bill Williams, who does a student pilot podcast, although he's running the exact same problem that our friend Will did, which is that he's, he's no, longer a, he's no longer a student pilot. He just got his private, so congratulations on that. But now what are you going to do? You've got a podcast called the Student Pilot Podcast, so I'm sure he's going to continue with some good stuff. Um, Will Hawkins is not in town, but he actually participated by telephone, uh, the, the wonders of modern technology. He was the mystery guest. That's right. Pilot Kent and Pilot Mike from the Pilot Cast were there, and uh, and uh, oh, I'm blanking on his name. Tony uh, Tony from the CFI Cast. I apologize for not remembering your last name, but uh, it was a great crowd. And and then Tony, for what it's worth, at this point of the week, Jack doesn't always remember his own last name. Right. So. And uh, and and perhaps even more interesting than meeting our fellow podcasters uh, again was uh, visiting with listeners who came by. Uh, it's just always a thrill. Those of you that came out to hear us. And I'm speaking to fans of all of it. Yeah. Uh, wow. And and not just those who came out to hear us, but those who went out of their way, went out of their day, to uh, stop us on the site and, and say hi uh, yeah. and say hello and uh, share uh, uh, their names and where they're from and and uh, some of their experiences uh, with uncontrolled airspace. Uh, that's that's just very special to us. A real uh, thrill. All no three question. of us. No question. And we met a lot of y'all here yeah. this year. Yeah. Uh, it was really stunning at times. Yeah. Uh, Humbling. Humbling. You know, Humbling, flattering. I got my rubber chicken mask on, and they still recognize me. <laughs> <laughs> so what else? We got to take. We got a couple. I think we got a couple minutes before we need to take another break. Well, but, just uh, you know, I'll just sit here and describe the the venue here in yeah. front of us. There's a tri-pacer taxiing into position. There's the B-17 going overhead. B-17s again. going overhead. We have a um, looks like a, a Super Cub uh, taxiing uh, for departure, followed by a Cherokee or a Comanche, Comanche. Followed, by, followed by the tri-motor. Followed by the tri-motor. Down the way to the south, a uh, red and white. Uh, Corsair is very slowly ticking over its prop. That's a Goodyear racer. Right, good. Right, right behind it, there's a B25 uh, getting towed into position. Apparently, no, sir. for B24. That's huge. Yeah, I was thinking me. about that. It's yeah, it's not yeah. a 25. It's too too many engines for the. Yeah, 25. it's hard to tell from this angle. Yeah. I haven't had my second cup. Of this is another this commemorative morning. Air Force airplane. Uh, here. Well, uh, yeah, I would guess maybe they all are, but uh, um, very. Very sweet. Yeah. Very sweet morning here. Oh, There's good for you, dude. We're counting down the final hours here, but uh, if you're in town, there are still things going on here, and you should come on out and catch the tail end of Air Venture That's right. There's going to be a pretty decent air show yet this afternoon. That's right. And the museum's open, and uh, I haven't heard the helicopters. I don't know if they're still doing air tours this morning or not. I think they are. I think they are. Anyways, we're going to come back with one for one last segment and kind of wrap this thing up in a few minutes. But uh, I wanted to tell you that you're listening to a special episode of Uncontrolled Airspace. For those of you who are listening live here in Oshkosh or on the Internet, we do a new episode of this podcast every week, and we'd love to have you join us. We do it every week? We do it every week. Every week? We do it more than every week. We've done, in the past 52 weeks, we've done 53 episodes. I'm very well, there you go. Oh, I, my. Does that, does that mean you slip us an extra nickel or so in the payoff? That's right. Even I can do that. Man. That's right. So you can uh, you can join us every week on the podcast by uh, going to our website at www.uncontrolledairspace.com or by searching for us in Google or in the iTunes store. And remember, it's all free. Also, remember that you don't need an iPod to listen to podcasts. You can enjoy them on any portable music device or on your desktop or laptop computer. We'll be back with uh, a little bit more, and you're listening to a special episode of Uncontrolled Airspace on EAA Radio. Live from Oshkosh. Thank you.
the morning fog is lifting both on the field and between Jeb Burnside's ears. Welcome back to Uncontrolled Airspace on EA Radio. <laughs> it, it appears that I have escaped unscathed here. Uh, I, I have, think we need an independent corroboration of I that. have not Did been the target of any of our friends at EA Radio's promos. We're going to have to get those and use those on the regular Check podcast. this hand signal. <laughs> <laughs> I got your sign, baby. I got your sign. So another bit of news that happened here this week, and we were talking about this during the break. Uh, unfortunately, not, none of the three of us have uh, witnessed any of this stuff directly, but we can kind of talk about it a little bit. Anyways, it's never stopped us before. Heck? That's right. Uh, and that is that uh, the acting FAA administrator, uh, uh, Sturgill, was Robert in, A. Bobby Sturgill, was in town uh, to for the uh, the annual Meet the Administrator session, where a lot of EA members get to uh, question the administrator on, you know, issues of the day, and. Uh, you know what were the, what what were the big issues? I know the news is reporting that uh, that the the uh, airline controllers union is upset because of some of the things he said, and uh, the aircraft uh, the air traffic controllers. I, that's what I meant to say. Yeah. What did okay. I say? Just checking. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what do you know about that? Well, um, I, I wasn't present, so I'm paraphrasing. But apparently, Mr. Sturgill said something to the effect that uh, the agency uh, is still trying to uh, recover from. Um, Listening to a P-51 take off here. That's worth waiting for. That's right. Uh, Sturgill apparently made the reference that uh, his agency is still recovering from uh, um, a uh, 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 contract arrangements with NATCA made back during uh, Jane Garvey's tenure at the FAA that... uh, Oh, uh, they some uh, feel were overly generous to to the air traffic controllers. Uh, NATCA obviously uh, taking uh, exception to those comments, if in fact they're they're reported correctly. Um, and uh, you know that's that's just the yin and the yang. It, there's nothing really. Uh, Let's try to find a, an area here where the FAA has been proven correct in its assessment of its labor relations situation. Well, okay, no. Nope. Can't find one. Can't, can't find one. <laughs> no, no. FAA has historically, and historically, by the, in my definition, means with successive administrations and successive administrators, been abysmal in its uh, labor relations activities. Um, That's why they do that survey every year, just to find out how unhappy. Because you know, right. some some employees think that the FAA's motto really is, "We're not happy till you're not happy." Uh, we know our good friends at, 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 at ATC uh, work really hard to do right by us. And in some parts of the country, that is a nightmarishly high-pressure job. Right. right. But uh, other, than, other than his, uh, you know, uh, defensive stature on this, uh, apparently there weren't a lot of questions asked, if any questions asked, of, of the acting administrator. And some feeling among folks that were there that, the, the, the questions weren't put to him because nobody expects him to be able to solve any problems since well, he's acting, he's not going to be confirmed, right. and there's going to be new, somebody new appointed and, before the end of the year. And one of the, well, I don't know about the end of the year, but one of the uh, uh, main questions that he didn't really comment on, from what I understand, is the status of the 51% rule yeah. that, that we've discussed uh, earlier in the week. Uh, uh, it's uh, Amy, yeah. Yeah. It's a proposed rule that would fundamentally alter the regulations underlying the experimental Let me stop you uh, one second. We've got an amazingly visual juxtaposition here. (laughs) An an F-22 Raptor being towed 
on the parallel taxiway. And just behind it in the, the distance is a Ford tri-motor taxiing on Ford the Ford tri-motor. That's truly... Uh, that's quite an airplane. Very, uh, very interesting picture here. Yeah. That is a big bird. But yeah. uh, Sturgill is, is probably, unless there's some limitation on, uh, on an acting administrator's tenure, of which I'm not aware, Sturgill will probably be acting administrator into next year. Uh, maybe even as late as March before the next president has an opportunity to depending fill that on slot who, permanently. Depending on who is moving into the 1600 Pennsylvania right. Avenue address, we've seen administrator replacements named before inauguration. That may be true, but uh, I don't think that's going to be a real high priority this year. But and the, there still uh, has to be a confirmation hearing. But yeah. the, the typical turnover uh, ritual, if you will, is that all the folks in those posts serve by definition at the pleasure of the president absolutely so after the election according to tradition they all since it's going to be a new white house one way or the other they all submit their resignations many of them will be accepted and that job will get handed down to a new number two who's going to be uh, more than likely more hopefully a career civil servant at the faa to be caretaker until the new boss arrives right, for a new right. five-year term. Yeah, let me uh, let me wrap up this uh, FAA discussion by saying something that we've said before, but I think it bears repeating: is although we are um, more than prepared to take the FAA to task from time to time on things that we think they're making some bad choices on, there are great segments of the FAA that do a remarkable job. Most and, of the uh, people there are great folks, yeah. and they very often have to fight tooth and nail to get the adequate resources out of Congress to do their job. Yep. Not the least of which is the uh, the army of FAA controllers that are here this week. Yes. Uh, we're looking at about a half dozen. I see four of the uh, shocking pink-shirted uh, controllers that are out on on right on the edge of the taxiway here, uh, controlling these departures. It brings and, uh, an old rock song to mind that I am going to spare everyone from. So, uh, thanks to them for all their great work and here and, and throughout the year. And thanks today for his judgment. And uh, we also want to. Uh, give a, 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 as Stephen Colbert might say, a tip of the hat to the folks that are here from uh, uh, Lockheed Martin's field service crew, mobile flight service stations. Uh, they've been doing yeoman work here, uh, dealing with a lot of folks headed in a lot of different directions into a lot of regions for which they don't normally breathe. So, yeah, right. yeah. Uh, I've, heur I've heard no negative feedback about dealing with the, the uh, flight service briefers here on the field this year. Uh -huh. Nothing whatsoever. Uh, it's been actually pretty affirming. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Well, we are not only reaching the end of our allotted time for the podcast, but we're reaching the end of the allotted time for our week here at AirVenture. Uh, what's melancholy, it? baby. It always feels melancholy. I know. What's next? Where are we going from here? What, what can we expect in the coming year? I mean, first of all, let me say that in a couple of weeks we're going to celebrate, uh, we're going to have two celebrations. I don't think they're the same episode. We're going to celebrate both our second anniversary as a podcast yeah, and also our, our 100th episode is coming up. And we're, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of excited about that. But, I, you know, we're kind of scratching our heads trying to figure out how we got here. That's right. And, but one of the ways we got here is because so many cool people are listening and, uh, and giving us feedback and setting us straight and telling us what they like. And, you know, we, we've sort of alluded to this, but I just want to officially say how much we appreciate everyone who listens to this podcast. It is, uh, it is so gratifying and still so surprising to, uh, to have somebody come out of, the, uh, you know, come out of a crowd and, mm -hmm. and identify us by, by name because of our voices uh, mostly. 
and uh, tell us how much they appreciate what we do, how much they enjoy listening to us. Uh, some of them, uh, how they listen to old episodes again and again because they just got such a kick out of something. Uh, folks, uh, you know, you keep you you keep dialing in. We'll keep doing it. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. So as we, uh, I'm sorry, Jeb, were you going to say? Well, something? I was. I was going to say you kind of touched on a question of you know what's going to be a, a what's going to happen in the next year. What's going to be a big yeah. story uh, during the next year? Maybe what's going to be a big story here next year? And I would go out on a limb and uh, say that one of the bigger stories in the coming year, well, two two bigger stories will be what the next um, uh, occupant of the White House will want to do to and with the FAA, mm-hmm. uh, with next gen, with uh, airspace modernization, things like that. But um, bringing it a little bit more close to home, I think what's going to happen with Eclipse aircraft is uh, going to be a very big story here over the next 12 months. Yeah, uh, I, I would like to uh, uh, be here next year and, and have... Um, uh, discussion of how all the bugs in the aircraft have been worked out um, and how they're on track to uh, uh, making consistent the installation right. of avionics and equipment in, in each aircraft in their fleet. Um, I, I don't know what's going to happen, but yeah. that's certainly something that's yeah. on our radar screen. There's no question that the, the category, if you will, that they created um, of very light jets will thrive. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the question, of course, is what will happen to this founder company and um, will they survive the current troubles that they're they'll, going through? They'll survive the current troubles, and uh, it, 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 it will be it, not easy. It will incur some pain. Uh, but, you know, the remarkable thing happened. They got established. They're on their way. They need to fix it, and I think they shall. I think in the coming year, when we come back here in 2009, that there will be a significantly smaller population of companies uh promoting and selling light sport aircraft yep because we're essentially seeing uh, an, an identical repeat of what happened with the ultralight community and some of my i don't think will be here by the end of the year, be in existence by the end of the year which is a pity because some of the airplanes are really good from established manufacturers overseas one last thing i, I meant to ask to mention this a little earlier but we got to tip our hat too to marion blakey the former faa administrator who promised that she would be back and she came back. She volunteered. We've seen her on the grounds. We've heard about where she worked. Uh, way to go. We've even heard that she's a new student pilot. Yeah, we've heard that through the grapevine. It's, it's not an official uh, thing, uh, but it comes from some very trusted sources. That's right. So we're going to keep an eye on that. So wait, wait, way to go. Way That's to go. That's right. And uh, wish you could have done that when you had the job. That's exactly right. right. That's right. Hey, we need to wrap this thing up. Uh, I want to thank uh, Rick Reynolds from EAA for stopping by and chatting with us. Uh, I certainly want to thank uh, Farid Guillaume and Jim Gray and the Absolutely. entire gang at EA Radio for being such terrific hosts. Except for those lead-in things. I, you know, we got to work on <laughs> I thought those were pretty funny, particularly that last one. <laughs> yeah, I thought they were hilarious myself. But We should we should do more of those, uh, you know, runway jab or things like that. Yep. And we want to thank all of our friends at EAA, all of the staff, all Way of the volunteers. Go, that uh, hate it at the end that make this thing work uh we we just i i know i wouldn't miss this thing i'll be back in a year and uh looking forward to more of the same uh every year absolutely and i want to thank you guys it's always a thrill to get together face to face with you uh, and uh it's amazing it's a, you know it's largely pain-free yeah so uh 
Thank you to uh, Jeff Burnside. I can't quite say that, but... Uh, no, you right. couldn't. No. And thank you to Dave. What is it you want to say, Dave? He's never Go out and fly him. because time spent flying is not subtracted from your lifespan. That's right. I'm Jack Hodgson. Uh, I think that's enough talking. Let's all go flying. TTFN. Coming in on